You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk. And we have got the first of a series of four episodes we're doing with my friend Bob Paskins, who is also a sales trainer. Whoa, wait a minute. You had somebody who does the same thing as you on your own podcast? Why would you ever do that? Because I've been telling people everything they need to know, you know, from my perspective for years, and they still ain't listening to me. So maybe Bob can get through to you. I don't know. But we're going to talk over the next four episodes about sales journey, sales process. And if you know anything at all about how we operate, you know that my philosophy is let's keep this as simple as we can. Is somebody who has an agency and has to manage producers, the easiest way for me to do that is to keep it simple. I'm a big dumb animal, folks. I need bright colors and big pictures. And if I can only have to focus on four stages of a pipeline, that's a dream for me. And so for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before, I'm going to give them to you really quickly. And then I'm going to turn this thing over to Bob and let him talk about how he goes through this stuff. And each episode is going to focus on a different stage. I'll throw in my two cents if I need to, but I really want you guys to hear what Bob has to say, because I think that he brings a different perspective, albeit similar in some cases, but different. And we like to keep it spicy around here and give you options. So our sales process, lead, suspect, prospect, closed. That's it. And closed is closed one or closed lost, but either way it's closed. So we're only going to have closed today. And I'm not going to get into what all of that means. If you're interested, you can go and listen to the historic podcasts of what our definitions are, because anything more than that, that I say may confuse Bob's message. And I don't want to do that. So my good friend, Bob Paskin. Oh, great. And I love it. I'm the exact same thing. Even though I'm a sales trainer, you're a sales trainer. We learn from each other. And I think that's the beauty of this. So I don't view David ever as competition, I view him as a friend who we're trying to row the same direction and to get as many people to row in the same direction as we are. So that's my aspect of it. So I really actually appreciate 
you bringing me on and doing this for you. So I'm looking forward to this. And yeah, let's go. Uh, this is going to be, I think, the first part. What we're talking about this part is what is a lead and how basically do we get a lead from that lead status up to the suspect status? So when I look at that, what is a lead? A lead basically is no more than a name. Uh, something that you are going after, someone that you are trying to prospect. That's all it is. Simple definition. A lead is a name of someone that you want to prospect. And I think what the goal is there is to figure out, I would say, a lead goes from someone who you're interested in up until that first appointment. That's what I'm looking for right here. What are we able to do to get someone who is interested in us all the way up through that first meeting. Because at that first meeting, then we can decide, do we want to move forward with them or do we not? So that's basically what the lead is. And the lead is, in my opinion, what is a good lead? Basically, the lead is to get the meeting. That's what my goal is. So how are, what are we doing to be able to generate interest to be able to set a meeting? When I look at this, what does it take to set a meeting? Basically, what it takes to set a meeting is just to be able to have mutual interest on our parts. So, uh, Bob, the- I would argue to set a meeting, you have to pick up the phone and ask for a meeting. Yes. You have to knock on somebody's door and ask for a meeting. There's a lot of y'all out there that are order takers waiting for this stuff to come to you. And I understand that the internet has made that easier, but I'm going to tell you, you know, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this too. I'm still in the mindset there is no better way to sell than to go out and knock on doors, shake hands, and just meet people. Go to networking events. Find out if there's any synergy. And I think we've become so reliant on technology that we've we've confused why we should use it. Technology should enable us to be more effective. It should not render us ineffective because we think it's going to do our job. To my knowledge, there is no computer out there yet that is going to be able to open and close a deal for somebody without some level of human involvement in the middle market. Yes, Yes. there are quote bind issue products for special events. Yes, there are quote bind issue products in in personal lines and even some in small commercial. But for the meat of where we play, it is going to be a really tough sell for anybody to convince me that there's anything better than the old school way that we did this dialing and knocking period. Right. Right. I couldn't completely, I couldn't agree any more than that. You have to be able to do the work. The work is not going to come from you, especially early on. You have to go out and do the work. So my standpoint is in order to do the work, and I'm curious on you, I am a firm believer in doing research beforehand. You cannot, or I would advise you not to walk into some place or pick up the phone without at least doing some research on the person that you're calling. If you are not doing the research, they're going to pick up the phone. And at that point, you're probably going to fumble over yourself. You're not going to know. You might say something silly about this. I mean, think about it to this day when you get ads on emails or on, um, you know, LinkedIn, all of that stuff. And you know, within a few seconds, did the person actually look at my profile to see what I've done or not? An example for me, 
I uh, no longer sell insurance. I carry my license, but I no longer sell insurance. I view it as that could be a potential conflict of interest, and I don't want to go there. But it's amazing how many people reach out to me and say, hey, we have all of these leads so you can close more insurance business. What do I do with that? You know exactly what I do. Click, delete, it's gone. Because they have not taken the amount of time and I'm all over the place. We are all over the place on, on social media. On It's LinkedIn. not a secret, Bob. It's not a secret what we do. But you can be turned off so fast if you just don't do research. So that's the number one thing. If you want to take a lead and move them to the suspect, a lot of that, I agree with David, is on you. You have to, first of all, do the work. And even beforehand, you have to do research on the people, what they do, a little bit about their industries, potentially who the buyers are, all of this. And I would say before you do a lot of your reach out work, it doesn't take long. How long would you say, David, when you do that? Five minutes? Ten Maybe minutes? five minutes per account. And I mean, that's the thing, man. I've got a lot of research that I have. I don't organically produce like I used to either. I'm still in the insurance game, but I don't organically produce. I get the benefit of helping other people at this point. And so it's more fun for me too. And especially with my older son in the agency now, I can help him and, and support him along the, that process. But in, inside Killing Commercial, for example, we've got, I give them my lead research template. And some people might think I'm a stalker with the level of detail that I go to, but I believe that you need to know as much as you possibly can. And I think that where people get confused is you don't need to do 15 or 16 lines of research before the first call. You just need to know enough about what the problem is to have a reasonable conversation with somebody. And for example, I hear a lot of people that go and go to um, like the cab report, for example, for trucking companies, and they're getting their leads from cab. Well, I've heard multiple people, and this is not a knock on cab. It has to do with changes in the companies that they're doing the reporting for. But there, I've heard multiple people talk about the renewal dates are not accurate in cab. Well, why wouldn't you go somewhere and check that before you made the phone call? Because I hear that the person's like, well, no, my insurance doesn't renew for six more months. I don't know why everybody's calling me right now. Well, because Cab said that your insurance renews in six, you know, thirty or sixty days. That's why I'm calling you. But you you need to take the extra time to verify it. I think that you need to you need to take some time and, and just look and understand kind of what the management structure of that company is. Maybe maybe the person that you think is a lead, they might be your gateway into the company, but that may not even be the right person. Know who that person is before you decide you're going to call on the company. But I think also, you know, we need to talk about the other stuff, right? Because there's a cursory amount you want to do on the front end, but you know, you can go to the nth degree. You just don't need to do that till the appointment's booked. And the other thing is with so much information readily available at our fingertips, I think it's really important that producers understand just because you saw it online, I know this is going to come as a surprise, just because you saw it online doesn't mean it's true. You know, that's it. And that's the God's honest truth. You can't go into that conversation making assumptions based on what you found online. But what you can do is form questions that will either validate or discredit what you found online and actually make you look more intelligent in the process. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I, 
I agree. I think the research that you do, again, that's where the technology comes into place. It's tools, but you're not, you should not be so firm in these tools. And it's okay. Here's the thing. It's okay if you goof up. So if the report says, yeah, the renewal is in April and the rule is until October, fine. Don't let that realize, oh, no, that happened. I can't call them again, or I should not do this or use this method anymore. We have to realize in this that, you know what, we're going to reach out. We're not going to get hits every time, but we still have to continue the practice because I've run around people who have said the exact same thing. You know, this product here, this product here. I tried this twice. It didn't work. I gave up on it. Well, did you? Maybe you gave up on it too soon because you weren't able to use the material effectively. But continue to figure out what is a good method methodology for you in doing research because i think we both agree doing research is key so absolutely 100 percent. i would say with that the next thing that i would like to do or i think is important is to have something what i call a social proof because you have to be calling them for a reason the reason that you are calling them is they're having this trouble with their um experience modification factor. Great, we're going to work on that. Or, you know, their safer review is this. And you've done the research here. But the second thing I think is so critical is to say social, the social proof of it. And what I mean by social proof is you can say, hey, we worked at a company exactly like yours who had a very similar problem. And this problem caused them to do X, Y, and Z, which wasn't good at worst, costing them money, or was not allowing them to get work. Great. But working with us, we were able to help this other company. And by being able to help this other company to do these three things, we fixed their experience modification. So now they're getting work and saving. And I think it is critical that when you are reaching out, you have some sort of social proof. To yeah, so and here's the thing, man. In insurance sales specifically, social proof has been at the top of the pyramid for a long time. I, I don't know if you've ever even heard of this company, but I remember being, I may even have still been in college and I, I did a ride along with an agent for combined life insurance that went door to door. And he had, he had a clipboard, but it had the binder rings at the top and he had laminated sheets with people's names. And when he would go knock on your door, he'd say, Hey, we were just visiting so-and-so and so-and-so. And so and so, and it was all people on the street. He had planned, and it's the it was the gaudiest thing in the world to me at the time, right? But it worked. Like as crazy as it was, it worked. So I feel like what we do now and what you're describing is just a far more polished version of that. But one of the things that we we teach is number one, when you go to call on somebody, if you're doing a true cold call. Go ahead and go to Google and find the competitors that are in the area. And it may be Reference USA. It's either Google or Reference USA where you can click a link and it's going to give you a list of all of the competitors in the general area. And then play it. That's who you want to call on. Put your put your best client's address in, find their competition around them, and then call on them. But your social proof is going to be your client. And so one of the things we do is we want to make sure that we get signed letters of recommendation from that client that we're going to mention. But then we also create a case study that's in a nice formatted graphic 
that's going to show you what you said. Here are the three things we did. Here's the here's the problem they were facing. This is what we did, and this is the result of it. And it's amazing how much that works because just like the two of us, if you're a plumbing company, it's not like Anchorman where at some point you're going to go out and all the plumbing companies are in a gang fight somewhere in the streets. These guys are in the same trade associations. They probably came up together, went to school together, got their licenses around the same time. They're friendly competitors. There's plenty of that business to go around. If we only had one plumbing company, my goodness, we would never get anything fixed because they'd never be able to keep up with it. But if you can show them that somebody that is familiar to them or they're friendly with uses you and recommends you, and for some reason you haven't gotten the introduction from that person themselves, at least have something that shows what you've done and how you've helped them because they're, they are trying to compete. They do want market share. And if they're spending their money on costs that aren't allowing them to reduce their prices, increase their wages, and offer better benefits, then they're at a disadvantage to, a disadvantage to those who are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I think, yeah. So the first two or four things that we we were able to cover. Number one, you want to do your research. Number two is social proof. Number three I want to take a look at is you have to have a variety of ways to be able to reach out to people. It, great. You might be terrific on the phones. You might be terrific with social media, with LinkedIn or things like that. But find a variety of ways because your buyers are going to respond in a variety of ways. So don't just think, I'm just going to do phone calls. You want to mix it up. I tell you, mixing it up also helps you out with your mindset of, you know, no one wants to come to the work and say, man, I have eight more hours of cold calls that I have to reach out and do. No, you don't want to do that. You'll mix it up. You'll have text messaging. You'll do social media. LinkedIn is great for that reach out. You're going to get up out of your butts, go to associations, go walk around, visit people, visit their sites, mix that up. If they give you their cell phone number, here's a big tip. If they give you the cell phone number, they are allowing you to text another great way. So continue to mix it up and figure out how the buyer's communication style works best. Because once you figure out how the buyer likes to communicate, you know, for me, example, it's text. I love it when people text me. That's the best way to be able to work with me. Terrific. So if someone's reaching out to me, they know that I will respond more quickly via text. So whatever that is out there, email, phone call, in-person visits, text message, social media, continue to mix it up and do it multiple ways with the same account. I like to say you want to try to reach out to them seven to 10 times because what studies show is basic ordinary agents, they might stop at one, maybe two, maybe three. That's it. If you really want to go after someone, you're going to have to reach out to them seven to 10 times. If you do, your increase is 30% higher than those who stop at, say, one to three to four times. So continue to reach out and do it in a variety of ways. Fourth thing, and we hit upon this, I call it simply, you got to do the work. What does that mean? You have to be disciplined. You have to have accountability in there just to be able to do that work, to be able to reach out, find I want to reach out to this many people. I want to get this many appointments. Set that goal, which is very important. Set that goal and then go out and do the work to hit that goal. 
So I would guarantee you, if you're able to do those th four things of getting the research, making sure you're connecting with them with variety of ways, having great social proof and doing the work, they're going to, you're going to find enough people who are going to want to meet. And then when you're able to meet with them, you're able to move them off of the lead to that first appointment, which we're able to determine if they're a suspect or a prospect and if we can go on through that cycle. So those are my thoughts on that. Good thoughts, man. I think we covered four good points for producers and probably a good place that we can wrap up this episode and move on to the next one. And in next week's episode, we're going to talk about, well, I don't know, let's make it real creative. The next phase, people. We're going to go from suspect to prospect and what that looks like. So if you enjoyed this episode, number one, reach out to Bob, man. This guy's on LinkedIn. He's got a website of his own, but check out Bob Paskins on LinkedIn. Just shoot him a note. Tell him you appreciated hearing what he had to say and let it go from there. My guy's got all kinds of events that he puts out. He's got his newsletter and everything, and I couldn't encourage you more to get into somebody's ecosystem because I'm only one flavor. You got to try more. So that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes